a business owner looking for real advice and input, you're in the right place. From concept to launch to growth, funding and beyond, welcome to Startup Hustle with your hosts. One once sold a business for $150 million, the other, the author of Million Dollar Bedroom. Here are your hosts of Startup Hustle, Matt DeCourcy and Matt Watson. And we're back. Another episode of Startup Hustle. Matt DeCourcy here with Matt Watson. Hi, Matt. What's going on, man? Home. I'm working on becoming a guru. <laughs> so is that, you have to make that noise? I think so. I mean, every time I picture a guru, I, well, recently I've watched a Netflix series uh, about a guru that built a massive commune in Oregon and uh, had all these different people following him, the, the Rajneeshas. And uh, yeah, the sannyasins, they had an Indian guru in the 80s built a commune in, uh, next to Antelope, Oregon. Was this a cult? Uh, yeah, basically it was. And uh, they ran them out of the country. It was, it was crazy. It's uh, called Wild Wild Country. You should check it out. It's on Netflix. It's like a six-part series. And I had no idea that it even occurred, but um, it got me thinking, you know, like, what, what's a guru? And, uh, you hear the term thrown around a lot and, you know, obviously, you know, it means a little something different to uh, different people. But I started thinking, I was like, you know, what is a guru? How do we become gurus? And, and how do you get to the point where you have achieved guru status? So I know that, that some people like yourself, uh, have, have been declared masters, well, when, is, when I Google guru, it says in Hinduism and Buddhism, a spiritual teacher, especially one who imparts initiation. Yeah. And, you know, so that, that can mean a number of different things. And I think that the origins of the term guru, I've been around for a long time. If you go into that, uh, you know, that traditional definition, I mean, it's back as as far as writ being written in Sanskrit, which is quite old. Uh, talking about, you know, a teacher, a guide, an expert or a master. But I mean, but so how do you become one? And I mean, I think that you hear the term guru thrown around for you. Know, I mentioned it as like in the for the sannyasins, mm -hmm. those were that was a religious uh, thing. It was basically built around yoga and and sex and all kinds of interesting stuff. Um, but it's not always the the way that it's used. I think more so in the business term, do you hear a lot of a lot of guru uh, definitions being thrown around? And so I thought I thought we could talk it out, Matt. But we could uh, you talk know, it out. the one that comes to mind for me is Yoda. True, true. And you know, we've been watching Star Wars here this week, and so uh, Yoda's character apparently was designed after like a Zen or Buddhist master which is why he talks the way he must, you know, or uh, do you think Yoda's friends are ever like, dude, come on enough with the guru talk. Yeah. But, but so, but when apparently when that character was being written, it was with the intent of, you know, he was kind of that Zen Buddhist master, which is why he phrases his speaking. But, you know, the definition of a guru is a, you know, a personal religious teacher or spiritual guide. It's also a teacher or an intellectual guide in matters of fundamental concern, one who is an acknowledged leader or chief, a person with a lot of knowledge or expertise. And for some of us, it's just grandpa, 
our grandpa is the guru right. of all things for whatever reason. Well, and that's right? been the whole point. It's like as I started, you know, as I started watching that that recent documentary, and I was like, okay, so this guy's a guru, but I hear other. You know, okay, for example, Seth Godin, who's a very well-known author in the business space, people often refer to him as a guru. And, you know, he's written a lot of books on the subject. Now, I've written three books, but people don't call me a guru. No. So, so at, what, at what point do you turn... <laughs> well, think of... At what point do you turn the corner? Well, you know, we recently did an episode about Jiro Dreams of Sushi. I mean, he's mm -hmm. obviously the guru of sushi. True true he's the and man so so you know obviously there's a level of expertise that comes into into guru status and you've actually heard me talk about this for quite a while because i think that i think that that on many levels the the path to wanting to to becoming a guru is it's obviously sent it's centric around expertise I think you may actually become a guru without trying to on some levels, like you just kind of get good at whatever it is. And we use Jiro dreams of sushi. That's an 85 year old sushi chef that got three Michelin stars out of a 10 seat restaurant and a Japanese subway that if you watch that movie, that dude is just obsessed with his craft. Yep. So, you know, I think we get into it. So let's, let's first talk about like, all right, so what are, what are some of the components of of a guru like we've obviously you said it could be anything from grandpa to yoda who but sometimes in some families those two look the same <laughs> <laughs> right yes. like you know so i think yoda was what 900 years old and some people's grandparents are as well but so so at, you know, let's, let's talk first about what are some of the, what are some of the components? Cause I, I, this is what I think is important. I think there are people that are self-proclaimed gurus and I'm not sure that there's a level of authenticity there that exists. So, you know, let's, let's first have some discussion when it comes to guru status and what exactly needs to occur for you to obtain it. Let's first thing I've got on my list is, well, it's got to be knowledgeable. Yep. And, and so, well, and, and you, as you said, I, I think even before that, it's got to come from a third party point of view, right? You, you can't self say like, I'm a guru at whatever, like, that's fine. I mean, that's like saying I'm the smartest guy in the room, but I, I think to really be a guru at something, it's got to be like a third party community thing that determines like, okay, this guy is the guru. Yeah, and I agree with you. I think that I think that guru status is achieved for them. And, and by the way, I don't think it can. I don't think it can truly be defined. I think as we start to define it, I don't know if you truly can define it. I think it definitely starts with that level that you have to be knowledgeable, like an industry an industry guru. Like that's where you hear things yeah. thrown around a lot. I mean, that could be anything from the music industry to business to religion to a specific thing. So I think that you have a vertical that you have specialized in and developed a mastery, you know, like, I mean, since, since gurus are, are largely referred to as experts or influential teachers, they need to know all of the ins and outs of whatever it is that they're knowledgeable about. And, um, you know, I mean, someone that's demonstrating competence by making sometimes making hard decisions and sometimes decisions that aren't always popular or mainstream. 
Um, I think you hear a lot of, uh, and sometimes they are, but, you know, I think that it's someone that's also well-equipped through their knowledge of like dealing with challenges. So what, what's something that, what, when you think of, of the guru checklist, what's something, what, what do you have? Well, I, I think the one thing you just said there is about being a leader, um, being an influencer, being on the cutting edge. Um, sometimes it is how people become a guru. Like they're the person who is outspoken about something. And sometimes it can be, you know, somebody who is following the flow of everybody else. And they're just like, you know, the leader of it, or it could be somebody who is like taking the opposite or a different approach, right? Like they're doing things a different way and they're the guru because of that, right? I mean, you have gurus on kind of both sides of that. Um, you know, at one point in time, I might have been a guru of automotive software 10 years ago. Um, I actually, I, and I agree, I think you, but I don't think that's a has been because people call all call full scale, which by the way, Today's episode of Startup Hustle is brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. But people call. We have uh, we've had a, I've fielded a lot of incoming and inbound stuff where people actually referred to you as a guru of automotive software. Yeah. But that, and but that came with experience. Yep. It's experience. So when, what, what year did you guys start Vent Solutions? 2003. And then I left there at the end of 2011. Okay. So in the world of software, 2003 is ancient. Yes. Long time ago. Like that's, that's almost, did you code it in Sanskrit? No, but it was one okay. of the first SaaS, you know, online cloud-based software products. So that's experience. Mm -hmm. Deep industry experience and i think one of the things if you were if you were assessing like guru status i don't think you can i don't think you can be new to anything and be a guru no you're just okay, pretender so, then yeah so you know some of the some of the popular theories around mastery yeah. is what 5 to 10,000 hours yes exactly so you know and i'm here i am on the fly like doing the math on that like how many eight hour days is that I, in some ways i think you're not a guru until you learn all the ways not to do something <laughs> right well and, but that's part of it you're like that's i've seen this fail a thousand times for all of these reasons i can tell you why not to do this shit why you're gonna fail you know and then conversely like why things work as well so you just have to have the experience to be around the block long enough to know what works, what doesn't work and have that kind of, I think sixth sense that gut feeling about how things work. Yeah. Well, that, and that's what comes with experiences. And I think that's where experience is valuable when it comes to leadership or teaching or f establishing who a mentor is, is you mentioned that, that failure. And as you know, I've talked to different people about, Oh, subjects related to this is, is a lot of times you see a younger, you see that Padawan learner like Luke Skywalker or whoever, and they have to learn some of the tough lessons because it's very easy to, uh, you know, we're, since we're sticking with Star Wars examples, when Anakin Skywalker felt that he was far more evolved than he was and that his skills were at a point that they weren't yet and it led him down the wrong path and i think that that's that's something until you've um you know and the the recent the recent uh trials and tribulations associated with COVID 19 
Um, I look back because I remember 2008 quite vividly. And, you know, that and a lot of people don't because they weren't old enough or they were in college or, or whatever. And on some levels, it's I think a guru has a has the ability to have a calming uh, a, a calming feel about them, you know, about like, people, I think the people that, around them. Yes. Yes. And that's that, that's where that experience and that wisdom comes from. I think you, I, while you can be charismatic as a guru, I think a lot of the times when you, when you picture them, they're like, okay, look, people, this is how it's going to be. Mm-hmm. I've been down this road before. I've seen this occur a couple of times. There's this, there's that. Um, based on my experience. So, all right. So I think one of the, one of the next things, if you really want, you have to be an, well, we'll say an effective doer. Mm -hmm. You have to be a, you know, how can you be a guru if you are not a practitioner at some point? Um, And I know this episode's already ripe with Star Wars uh, comparison. So why not? But, you know, we were watching those and, you know, having the, the star Wars day have been recently passed. We've been watching it with our kids because mm-hmm. why not? Um, but you know, Yoda seems like this little dude with a cane and a robe that doesn't get around too well until he whips out that lightsaber. And all of a sudden he's bouncing around the room and doing backflips. And you're like, Whoa, dude, I didn't even realize you could do that. Mm-hmm. So is he an effective doer? Well, I, I think it's interesting because people who are gurus at some point in time in their career, do they do less and less and they have a team that helps them, but they are always set the bar, right? Like we talk about like, you know, Jiro dreams of sushi. He's got his sons that work for him and apprentices and everybody else. He has trained all of them, but they are all scared shitless of him. Right. And and I say that in a good way of like, they are going to take their work, take it to him, and he has to approve it. And But he sets the bar so high that he forces everybody else around him to elevate, you know, their quality of work. I think you're spot on with that. And, you know, I've had, I've, I mentioned having some conversations in the past with people that I consider to be gurus and one of, you know, I, you know, I'm fascinated with what, what musicians do because mm-hmm. they have the ability to flip that switch at a time that they need to do it. But, you know, I was t- talking to Jake Seninger of Humphreys McGee at one point, and, you know, I was seeking some advice and some counsel from someone I consider to be a guru. And he's like, he said, Matt, there's a reason I don't carry my stuff in and out of this venue. It's not that I'm not capable of it. And on some days I, I, I probably should be doing it, but I need to be able to focus on the things that are up here. Mm-hmm. not over here. He didn't say down here. It wasn't like a looking down. He said, not here or over there, you know, just basically like, and I think that's the whole thing with the guru status is like you mentioned, like with Jiro, he didn't, he participated in maybe the last 10%. He didn't need to make the, the right anymore. Somebody else, did but he's, but he sets the expectation he does for and that and that was the same thing Jake was saying because you know when all the people that 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 work in that organization set that equipment up and do a certain thing and it's got to be at the level I mean literally I use the word level because it's like okay put this dial at seven sure. this one at six this one at high this one at medium and all that different stuff and all those things aren't done in a manner that is suitable, the guru cannot operate effectively. Um, and there's that, that's, and, and you know, but 
once again, back to the being able to do it. I mean, I think that's one of the things is if you're going to operate, I think this is a leadership lesson. If you're going to expect to have a level of credibility, I've always said that that leadership is not something that can be appointed. It kind of occurs. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, and sometimes when I've had employee teams, if you go hire five or six people, or maybe like we're, we're obviously do a lot of stuff with software. Sometimes you let that, happen organically and see who emerges as the leader because a point uh, appointing leadership or or gurus or whatever is not always effective because you don't know who that's going to be sometimes yeah okay so are we going down the checklist of why you're a guru is that what this is this that what this evolved into yeah that's the last thing we need is to call you a master and a guru but by the way, the two are, are very synonymous, though. Okay, so do you think that a guru needs to be adaptable? You know, I, as I'm sitting here looking at this list, that's one of the things I was thinking about is, you know, what what is the difference between somebody who thinks they're smart and they have the answer to everything, but they won't learn, they won't take any advice, they won't change, you know, how they do things, you didn't just describe smart. Are they, are they, but they think they're the guru. Like, I mean, you have people you like descri- that though. You just described stubborn. I mean, you have people like that though, that they are really smart. Maybe they're set in their ways. They're really smart about certain things, but you can't change their opinion. And you kind of I think become kind of an asshole too. Well, that, but you just described stubborn mm-hmm. and, and you didn't describe progressive. Um, I think if there's one promise that we can make is that things will and always do change. Yep. So, I mean, and no matter what, I mean, really the one constant that you can count on in business and in life is that things will and do change. So I don't think you can be a guru. I don't think you're a good guru. I don't think you're an effective one if you don't have the ability to be adaptable and you don't have the understanding that things do and can change. Absolutely. And I I think it's like for you to say, oh, I'm a guru in internet marketing. I mean, that changes a lot every year or two, right, from different things that happen. And so, okay, you were a guru of internet marketing 17 years ago. You're going to tell everybody you're the expert but you're behind the time 17 years, all of a sudden you're not really a guru anymore. I bet if we did a very specific case study of, of fallen gurus, mm-hmm. I would bet that the, I bet that what you just described, which is the lack of adaptability, cut, suddenly becoming stubborn, no longer ident- taking in other input. I think the guru is open for all forms of input. And I think that, and I think, so, you know, when I was at one of the many colleges that I didn't graduate from, I took a class, a sociology class, and I, I'll never forget this. The teacher held up, the teacher held up a picture of a cow and this cow was standing sideways and the, it was all white. And he said, can any of you tell me that it, it, it actually said, is this a spotted cow? And almost everybody said no. And a couple people were like, we don't know. We can only see part of it. And I think that from a, and the the point with that is unless you look at things from all different angles, like you would technically have to inspect that cow. You'd have to walk around it. You'd have to maybe climb on top of it, maybe get below it and see if it had 
any spots before you can say, no, this is not a spotted cow. I mean, is that, does, is, are you picturing what I'm talking about here? Cause like, if you don't have all of the, in, all of the info, all of the perspective, if you're not willing to understand and learn from all different angles, then your input and your perspective is going to be a little jaded. Yeah. But I think maybe, yes, but I think also probably one of the other traits of the guru is that they can make a decision with only 30 or 40% of the information too. But if you have the ability, so, I mean, based on what I see, this is not a spotted cow. It could be, but from my perspective, it's not. I see what your point is, but I, all right. So that, that actually brings up a, another one that's not on our list. How about foresight? Yep. I think that, that that's what is that that's really what people are often seeking from the guru. Are they not? Yeah, I think I think that's probably one of the key skills, too, is that with a partial amount of information, they're able to understand the, the full picture of something and understand the the potentially the problems that lie without understanding the full picture. Like they, you know, they walk into the murder scene and they see the two or three things, but they can see the rest of it. Because they've done this so many times that they just understand how all these things relate to each other, the pattern. Yeah, and I think I think that's where that senior nature of any any employee that you know, I, one of the things that's been interesting, and maybe we should do an episode on who are what's a startup founder, because people have grossly uh, uh, miscalculated what that person usually is it's actually the the uh, apparently and statistically most successful startup founders are in their early 40s mm -hmm. and hollywood leads you to believe that that's like 20 yeah um and that's usually not the case and i think a lot of that is because like, much like you said is that i think that that at that age is actually it is what it is because at some point too, you slow down a little bit. And it, you know, they say you have your learning years, your earning years and your yearning years. Mm -hmm. So your learning years is, you know, trying to gain that experience and understanding. So you don't just get, so you don't walk around the corner and get punched right in the face. The earning years are the years that you actually capitalize on the skill and experience that you have. And then the yearning years is when you're kind of yearning to retire and quit. Mm -hmm. So, you know, but I think that that foresight is, is very, very valid. Um, I, I've joked around with our, our, our new sales director at full scale recently asked me if I had a crystal ball. Um, but some of it is just because you have that conversation with enough people, enough times, it makes it very, it makes, you know, like I told him, I was like this, look, this process of, of talking to clients and helping people find solutions does not need to be complex. There's patterns to all of it. Right. And right. exactly what I mean, you described, yeah. like, it's like, Hey, I'm a salesperson and I sell X. I talk to people all day long. Eventually you start to recognize all the patterns. You can fill in the gaps. Yeah. And the, you know, that crystal ball comment comes from like me saying, well, I would, it won't, it wouldn't surprise me if they ask for this next yep. or if that occurs. And it's, I mean, there's nothing supernatural about it. It's just like when it happens enough, mm -hmm. it's like in bowling, knowing that you're likely not going to pick up the seven ten split. Mm -hmm. Right. I Why? did that one. Yeah. Once. Right. <laughs> Like, that's my point. It's like, it's, it's just really and unlikely. I was, and I was so, at Dave and Buster's where you uh, playing an arcade. Bowl, 
Oh, okay. I was <laughs> going to say. I, all right. So, so, so some of the things we've identified, like if you're and and part of why this, I think this episode is, is, is important is understanding who you should be looking to as a guru. Well, or if you want to become one, right. And kind of what, yeah. you know, one of the things we had on our list here is like being an influencer. And so I think that's probably one of the biggest differences between being like, you know, I'm an expert or I'm a master at something versus being like an industry guru. And a a good example of this that you're familiar with is like Jay from urban necessities, right? He would be a guru of shoes. Yep. He is the guru without a doubt. And everybody in the industry knows that, you know, he's, he's one of them. And from a business perspective, if you can be an influencer at that level, it can be really valuable no matter what kind of business you're in. Well, and I think the term influencer it has a really different meaning and connotation for a lot of people because I think some people become influencers in, in industries at this point without always gaining the experience. Because, you know, like, I mean, you get some of it, um, but in, in regards to guru status, you know, remember, we go back to the to the core meaning of it and everything had to do, you know, so much about you hear the words teacher, guide, uh, leader, chief, you know, these are these are all things that are associated with knowledge transfer. And if I so if you're not transferring your knowledge how long or can you maintain status as a guru? What do you think there? Like if you're not teaching and, and transferring that knowledge, because I personally think that knowledge transfer is one of, if not the most powerful thing that you can embrace uh, with another person. Well, and we listed a few gurus uh, on our on our notes here. And one that, that jumped out at me was actually Neil Patel. And- yeah. You know, if you Google anything in regards to internet marketing and SEO and stuff like that, you will find his blog post. And he is kind of the guru of internet marketing. And from, you know, as you described, a lot of what he does and has done in the past is just giving away his knowledge. And he's openly said, like, you know, I'm an expert at content marketing. I don't charge for any of this. I'm putting it all out there. You guys can all, you know, get value out of it. But because he has done that for so many years, he has become the industry guru at this stuff by him sharing that knowledge. And he has no doubt, you know, benefited from that. I'm sure in a lot of ways, because people will come to him. They're like, Oh, I'm Coca-Cola and we're trying to be better at internet marketing. You seem to be the guru at this. How do I throw money at you? And you come help me. Yeah. And at that point, that's where the real knowledge comes out. Cause the stuff that, you know, you look at like, okay. So uh, John Maxwell, um, very well known. That's the seven habits of highly effective yes. people guy. Um, he's participated in the writing of over 70 books, 19 million copies sold. Um, you know, like, I mean, here's the thing is like, I mean, that's shit. If that's not guru status, then I don't know what is. Right. Um, and you have 19 million people that have read or purchased or whatever copies. And, you know, and I haven't been a huge John Maxwell follower, but I do quote his first habit, which is start with the end result in mind. Right. You know, some of these things are really valuable and, you know, it's that underlying thing. So you mentioned Neil Patel earlier. I, I said Seth Godin. 
Um, Seth has written, I mean, a lot of books I've, I've quoted, I've referred to his book tribes on the show multiple times. Um, you know, the, I mean, I think some other popular ones like, you know, Tim Ferriss, um, is, is almost a little more towards the, the traditional guru definition. Cause Tim is kind of like the life balance all around, you know, guy mm-hmm. for a lot of people. And then I think you have some industry like Eric for startups, Eric Reese, the lean startup. Right. Um, and I got familiar with Eric cause I released million dollar bedroom the same week that he released lean startup. And I got to number two on the list and realized I was like, well, shit. Well, we, okay? so I guess the book will be number two. We, I mean, we also live in a world where there are more influencers now than there has ever been before. Right, and some right. of those are influencers that are like they have either on Instagram or YouTube or whatever, and they're social influencers for that stuff, but they're not necessarily gurus at anything. And that might even be true in business stuff too. You got people that have a popular podcast or, you know, whatever, right? And they might be influencers because of that, but I don't know if that makes them necessarily a guru either. So do you have, as we kind of round out yet another episode of Startup Hustle brought to you by Fullscale.io, who are some of the gurus that you have, who are some of your past gurus, whether, whether they're famous or not? Well, one of them was a guest on our show. We talk about all the time is being Yoda. Laryl? Yeah. Like, you know, somebody like Laryl, right? Like he's a local guru, right? If you, you know, I think, you know, in the Kansas City startup you know, if we said, oh, you know, who who would be the guru at startup stuff? We would think of somebody like Laryl or Sandy or different people. Like, and we're we're referring to Laryl Holt, the founder of CarStar. Yeah, um, and Sandy Kemper or and, and, other people. <laughs> but I'll I'll never forget after we recorded, and that was like maybe like episode twelve or something. But uh, Laryl laughed, and we I looked at you, and you said, man, I'm gonna be like Laryl when I grow up. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, but, but that was it, you know, and that was that, uh, you know, that I think that there's, and you know, Sandy Kemper is another one. Um, I, I agree with both of them. Um, I've tried to find some abstract gurus. Um, I look for anybody that has that. I, I like people that straddle that line between genius and crazy. Uh-huh. Um, and you know, cause there's, you know, much like Jiro dreams of sushi, like one, one of my gurus, and I, and I've mentioned him multiple times is Jake Seninger from Umphreys McGee, who is just a world-class guitarist and is considered to be innovative. And it, he's it, talk about adaptable. That's an improvisational band. Mm-hmm. So like, they aren't just playing the same notes every time. The guy is so incredibly knowledgeable. Jake, how many guitar chords are there? 7,377. How many of them do you know? Well, Matt, I know all of them. You know, and it's like, that's like an afterthought. Like, how could I could be? And, you know, if you, when you sit down and you talk to the guy, he's telling you, he's telling me stories about putting his guitar on a chair and then sitting across, like, looking straight at it and going through every single guitar chord imaginable and visualizing playing them backwards that's crazy yeah but that but that's but that is what guru stuff does you know you you mentioned yoda earlier i mean and how about mr miyagi Mm. mr miyagi hey you're gonna learn to sand the yeah and paint the fence okay but i don't know why i'm doing that well Well, don't worry about why you know get out there and paint the fence and, and that's a great experience a great example of 
there are a lot of gurus that exist that aren't necessarily industry experts or gurus or influencers. Like just like we might say, well, my grandpa is a guru or my grandma is a guru or whatever, right? Or somebody at your company, you're like, so-and-so, if you need help with anything, he's the guru, go talk to him. But that's different than being like the industry guru of something. And I think that's part of what we're talking about here is, you know, how do you become an industry guru and, you know, as an entrepreneur and how does that benefit you? And I, th- I think these days, a lot of that has to be from, you mentioned earlier, like the content, the knowledge you have, you share, you know, you're always out there, you go to trade shows, you write books, you write, you know, blog posts, you do all these sort of things. Like people have to know who you are for you to be a guru. Right. But like you said, you can, I mean, there's, there's the, there's the personal guru mm-hmm. and which by the way, here's the thing. I don't, I don't know Seth Godin. Do you, do you know John Maxwell or no. Neil Patel? I don't know those guys. I know Laryl. I know Sandy. I know some of these other people. So I think if you, I mean, find it, dude, my, my path to being whatever amount of success you perceive me as having people, I have got there by finding other people in life that are doing the things that I want to do or are doing something that is meaningful. And I sit down and I tried and I try and look, I can be a talker and I can be the, a great listener mm-hmm. at the same yep. time, because when you get around these people, it's not time to talk. I mean, it's not. And, you know, just literally, you know, the thing that I figured out through the different, you know, this, this experiment for me with, with we'll say some with guru collection started with writing balance me. And that's actually how I got to know Larry Holt, who's he was in the book. Mm-hmm. And, and you find that these people, they say things like, well, you know, Matt, uh, ships are uh, you know, talking about having a lot of ships in in your harbor, but ships were meant to be out at sea. And you know, sometimes it takes me a little. Like we in the episode we did with Lyrell, we said, "Well, Lyrell, tell us about yourself." Well, I'm a coward. Do you remember yeah. that? And I'm like, "What are you talking about, dude? You're not you're not a coward." But but it, but it, it has this weird kind of like parable effect to it. And you're, you're saying, well, what do you mean? He's like, well, I find, I try to figure out what no one's doing and I go somewhere where they will leave me alone to get really good at mm-hmm. it. And, but the main thing was, is like, I'm not trying to take on the giants. And, you know, when Laryl had, had said that and described that, it meant so much to me, especially when it came to talking to other people. That was a level of knowledge transfer that was very evolved because as a startup, if you're, if, okay, who are you trying to take out? I need to take on Google, Amazon, and Apple. Yeah, we're going to beat all of luck, them. Guy. Good luck. Good luck. Because you're going to get trampled underfoot and they won't even know you were there. So, but that's, but that is a level of guru insight and input. Like you're statistically, you have almost no chance. So, and, and by the way, that went very well with, with your interview that was in million dollar bedroom talking about how most of the successful people that you've met along the way had become experts or innovators in something that was niche. So, yeah. All right. So. I'm not on your guru list. No. Damn it. Not yet. So what, if, what are you, what I, it's because I'm so young. It's because I'm young and youthful, right? 
Yeah. And by the way, before we started recording, Matt and I can see each other on video. He pointed out how old I'm looking and that my hair's falling out. So make sure make sure if you find gurus in your life, they they support your dreams of being young and having full heads of hair. Um, is that how that works? Absolutely. So as we as uh, rather in lieu of the founders freestyle, let's do this. What 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 do you want to become a guru at? Oh man, you know, I'm gonna. What's your ideal guru avatar look like? So uh, at this point, I'm getting ready to have my fourth son, and uh, yes. I'm a guru at having baby boys. <sighs> Parenting. <laughs> Can I, is that count? Can I be a guru of, of sure. having baby boys? <laughs> yes, because better you than me. I mean, on that level, but um, I, the guru things crashing. Um, so I think for me, man, like I, I, I think that's a tough question. Is like you know, here I am asking myself tough questions, but. I mean, I think if I have to be a guru, I like, I, I like the, the, uh, I like the business category. Um, I, I think also, I think, I think sales and marketing is what I find a lot of passion around. Um, it's not necessarily, uh, the, the straightforward nature of it, but I, I like, I like the whole, the whole, uh, field of commerce. And I think if you're going to be a guru, it has to be something that you are inherently fascinated with and driven to learn as much about. Um, you know, you talk about like Jiro Dreams of Sushi. Like, I loved watching that show. Mm -hmm. Like, I loved that movie for like 50 different reasons. And I mean, business, dedication, obsession. Um, I, I think the whole, I, I continue to seek knowledge just about what makes people what I, I'm fascinated with what gives people the ability to innovate and be creative, especially when they can turn it on. Mm -hmm. um, yep. You know, so like those are some of the things I'm chasing. I don't know if I directly answered the question, but I think that all that and I think that one of the things I've learned is you can almost learn more from finding gurus that aren't in the industry that you're in sure like go and find the similarities that's why i'm so fascinated with musicians but i find other i found other people that are in different categories that are based well you mentioned jay uh, jc lopez mm -hmm. and you know i learned so much from working with jay about the different you know he's an influencer but also a guru of sorts and i mean it's i mean and that's the fashion world basically right. but he looks at stuff it'd be like now nah, now nah, people are gonna fucking hate that and I'm like, Nike doesn't seem to think so. And then it comes out and it's just, no one wants it. So I don't know what gives people that, that, that foresight or whatever I'm going to, but what I am going to do, Matt, is I, I need to get back to home. home. We're stuck at home. Wait, I need to wait office. If we manifest, if we keep saying home, 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 we're going to continue to be stuck at home. So I'll tell you, I'm going to get to work on figuring out how we get out of home. Good idea. See you next yeah. time. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Startup Hustle with Matt DeCorsi and Matt Watson. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit startuphustle.xyz. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and subscribe. And we'll catch you next time on Startup Hustle. Startup Hustle.